We got a good show planned today. We actually have a plan today. That's kind of nice. See if it goes as planned. That's 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 nice, and that's very organized of us. We're not normally like that. It's normally fly by the seat of your pants. Normally organized chaos. But you know what? You got to start getting organized because bucks are starting to show up on the cameras. And they are every day. This past couple days has been bonerific. Trail what? camera bonerific, if you will. Literally. You know what? This is, this is always, we've been saying it, but this is always the time. As soon as they start to get full, fully grown, they just, for whatever reason, they start coming out of the full mast cedars. But dude, I feel like this is a little early for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got bucks working in Tennessee. We got them working in Ohio. We got a couple showing up in New York. You know what I did see though? I saw Lee Lakowski on, uh, Instagram while I was on the throne this morning and he said it's no coincidence that we're seeing bucks right now over the past couple days you know why because of the red moon really that's what he said red moon applies all months of the year it's what I mean that's that's what his that's what he said and he also said that last week he was getting projects done he was not looking for velvet bucks and he was saying this while he was literally spotting uh with a spotting scope looking for velvet bucks so i mean and and there was a lot of velvet bucks on his spotting scope so (laughs) well of course there was take that for a grain of salt or take it with a whole thing of salt i don't know what you want to do but take it I still don't fully understand the whole moon thing, but uh, if it works, I don't need to understand it. You know what's funny? It seems like the more of the Midwest, like when you get out into ag country, you get into Illinois, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas, all them boys. They're moon. They're moon fanatics. Full moon. Full fucking moon fanatics. But when you're in the when you're in the hardwoods, you're in the deep hardwoods of the northeast or western New York. I don't know. The effect just doesn't seem to be as effective. It doesn't, and we're everyone's always talking about it, especially October. They're always like, "Oh man, these next three days, the red moon." I don't. I I don't think I've seen any increase or decrease in activity like i've seen no correlation but that's just observing i'm not saying it's not happening but sometimes what they say like on the full moon the deer are more active or like leading up to the full moon and then thereafter the full moon maybe yeah yeah you don't know I don't, I don't, I don't either. I've never, I've never really, I mean, I've never really, but it's same as, I mean, obviously barometric pressure. I think that plays a role, especially in or around a front. Um, That does for sure. Obviously the weather plays a role to a certain degree, but yeah, I don't know. Definitely have seen, yeah, weather. There's so many things connected to lunar that you would think it would have a pull. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> you know, I, but really, like you would think it would have a have some sort of a yank on on them. Does it affect us? Does the moon affect us? I don't know what what do we what what sequence are we in right now? I think it's uh, <clears throat> I think it's very small. Waxing. Wait. I want to say. I think it's uh <laughs> It's a waxer. It's a crescent, I believe. Yeah, I woke up dos docile this morning. Normally, I'm a little. You know. I think it's a uh, whack waning crescent. No, sorry. I think it's a a waxing crescent. What's the difference between wax and wane? Waning is getting. 
like it's getting smaller. Mm-hmm. Waxing is it's getting bigger. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Wax, wax on. Wax hey, sir. On. Hey, yeah, sir. Well, you have a you have a waxing croissant in your pantalones. <laughs> hey, hey, sir. Hey, hey, sir. The deer must be moving. You have a waxing croissant in your pantalones. Would you please put away your waxing croissant? Get to your nearest bean field. Your waxing croissant is waxing. You know what's a sleeper is a croissant on a breakfast sandwich. That is a sleeper. That's a very big sleeper. You know what also is a sleeper nowadays? Chipotle. Fucking sleeper. Dude. Yeah. It's, a, I, it's such see, a bummer. What a, what a, what a, what a dramatic, dramatic change in business. Terrible. I'm trying to think of an athlete that made such a fall off. Jamarcus Russell. Well, he didn't even get started. Oh, in college he did. This Chipotle is like freaking Hidu Turkaloo. <laughs> Chipotle. Chipotle's like uh Chris Johnson running back. Yeah, that's a good one. Like at the top for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden you don't even know he exists. Well, you know, he's he's everywhere. You know, the billboards. He's like Baker. Like Baker. Or, or McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like McGregor. It is, not, actually. I, actually, I'm, McGregor is is a great comparison to Chipotle. Because yeah, he's cause, everywhere. Cause you he's, fucking see him everywhere. He's still everywhere. He's and like. He's, and he's still talking shit. And he's still, like, getting his well, brand out there. But. But what has he done, really? And the burritos fucking suck. And I like McGregor. I'm not saying he. I think he's awesome. So I don't. I'm not saying. I do too. I'm not saying he's. Uh, well, that's full the thing. Of shit, but but he, his last couple. Yeah. What is he? He's he's kind of done with. You're never gonna. You're never gonna turn your back on Chipotle. Really, Gosh. you're never gonna do it. You want to do it, but you're not gonna. And but. It's, it's such a roll of the dice nowadays when Dude, you go there. I mean, it's what the it's, fuck? It's more than a roll of the dice. Like the house always wins with Chipotle. Most of the it, time, you want to crow hop your burrito into the freaking brick wall in the in the building. In oh, I definitely the last experience that I just had a couple days ago there. Kelly and I went for dinner. You know, like we're committing a big meal to Chipotle. Dude. Go in there. First of all, we don't have any fucking this. We don't have any fucking guac. Of course we you don't. don't. It's 3 p.m. Yeah. It's 7.30 in the evening. You close okay, in three you're, hours. You're, you're open for another three fucking hours. Three hours. You have no chips. You got no salad dressing. You got no guac. Like, I'm sorry, but Chick- if you chickens at a Chicken's at a one, and when it's done, we're not making any more. Exactly. And the the dude was like, we don't have any chicken. We got some steak over there, which over there was like the side counter where they make all the call and shit, whatever. And he's like, we don't have any barbacoa. I'm like, dude, you got carnitas. You got a couple pieces of like old chicken down there and you got steak over there. Like what is happening? You have three hours left to operate your business yeah what is happening i'll give you a little bit of the benefit of the doubt the last half hour that you're open but not even that much because you're open you should be serving well not to mention as they're making my burrito they're pulling it through beans chicken Sour cream. I my thing. My burrito was making a wake with the fucking sour cream that was on the counter. The the making runway. I, you can't even. I I'm trying to hold the burrito in the in the foil, and it's my and hands getting, are all fucked up. Yeah. Well, you can. I've I've actually gone into Chipotle's before. Elena and I have gone into Chipotle's before and we see the counter and we're like, 
make wipe a that shit. Or, well, no, we're like make it. You you can tell yeah. how your burrito is going to be by the look of all the food. When it I looked agree. like Hurricane Katrina went off. And there's corn yeah. all the way over by the chicken, and there's hot salsa in the freaking tortilla station, and there's it's literally shit is everywhere. You know, you either got to grin and bear it and just eat what they give you, or just go somewhere else. But we've literally walked out before because I'm like this. What I'm a sorry, disgrace! This, this is gonna suck. What a disgrace! What a disgrace! I, I remember walking into that place late high school, early college, and with you a five. Knew. With a $5 bill. That was it. $5. And then and then they raised it to five and a quarter. And everyone was like, you got to bring a fucking quarter now with your $5 bill to get this burrito. That thing was huge. That oh. thing was piping hot. You every single yeah, every time. time. Every time. And it oh. was made to perfection. The rollers were professional burrito rollers. That thing was the same size, the same consistency every single time and you could take that thing completely out of the foil and you could eat it like a fucking hoagie and nothing would fall apart yeah. now i'm dropping chicken out the cracks i gotta rewrap the thing when i get home i mean it's just a disgrace what a what a sad story steve ellis steve ells is the ceo steve if you can hear me get your shit together get like, your get you know your what, people though? on the same page and it, it 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 does stem from that but you buy into the franchise so everything is kind of run on an individual level but their their quality control from the top has just gone completely to the waste it's gone to let's let's sell mass burritos and but you can i mean you can tell. I know there's a lot of Chipotle's around now, so it it you know disperses the people. But there's never lines anymore. <clears throat> if there's no, if there's no, a no. if there's maybe a line, at lunch, maybe at lunch. Yeah, if, and if you got a good Chipotle. Yeah, and if there's a if there's a line, it's because the people making stuff literally are going molasses slow, and they just well, don't give a shit. Dude, but, that's the other thing. But you there's go, no lines because there's no lines because of popularity anymore. No, but you go in there, and this is what gets me. Before you would have somebody putting the burrito in the thing, somebody scooping the rice, burrito press, rice meat. Yeah, Whatever, not that that person. That's what they're doing. They're staying in like the same fucking four foot area. Then they pass it down. Then you got your toppings, salsa. <laughs> whatever now the person that's cutting the chicken makes your burrito and then checks you out yeah and (laughs) while there's three people in the back dude doing nothing washing washing dishes or something a couple months ago maybe it was more maybe it was like six months i think it was more towards christmas i was at chipotle and that i dude it was literally being run by 15 and 16 year olds there was nobody over the age of 18 in this place i could promise you that it was all high schoolers they were running around there was friends in and out of this place one girl making burritos there was two kids in the back on the little island counter and they were literally making chicken sandwiches with bread i i sit with bread and the chicken from the burrito chicken was going on rolls for these kids making sandwiches and they're laughing, I'm like, where are we? Yeah, what is going what on? Is happening. What is happening? Most disgraceful thing I've ever ever I mean, just terrible. Anyway. But if if you love Chipotle like we do or did, you just gotta there's this is what's really sad is there's probably six to eight chipotles that are that i'd be willing to drive to to get it now and there's only one of them that's i will even consider going to because it's it's a newer it's a newer chipotle it's in a new developed area and it's it's still hit or miss some i've gone in there and it's been a mess but for the most part you can roll the dice and get a good hot burrito but the other ones no chance you literally have no you have no chance you'll get 
half cooked rice. So it's like you're chewing on freaking kitty litter in your burrito, which is ridiculous. And that shit's going to expand in your stomach. I mean, cook the rice. Jesus. If that rice ain't cooked, you know where it's going to be cooking? It's going to be cooking in your tummy, and you ain't going to feel good in about 30 minutes. And they're trying to skimpy on, like, the chicken, and it's just uh, I, it's just ridiculous. Dude, Some of the burritos I've gotten have been, like, literally, like, chimichangas. I'm like, what am I going to, like, I'm going to eat this, this in four seconds. This is all wrap. Yeah. It's all wrap. And they do the little, they used to give you a freaking mountain of of rice oh dude i tell them every time yeah i always have that rice i always tell them too because they don't charge you for that yeah is it your rice is this yours did you pay for the rice that's in this right here it's freaking rice put it on there but they the thing is they're preserving it 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 the problem is the culture yeah they don't want to make more exactly they don't want to make more that's why three hours prior to closing there's no fucking chicken left. There's no barbacoa. There's no guac. They don't want to make any more. No, they're lazy. They don't. I mean, the damn salad dressings. How hard could it be? How hard could it be to make a massive jug of that shit and just, you know, put little put it in the little containers that they have? It can't even, be that. I don't even care if you it is never hard. Run out of that. I don't even care if it is hard. Do your effing job. Yeah. Sad. Like, remember, you used to go in there. When there was only one Chipotle within 50 square miles of 50, <laughs> 50 mile radius of here, I swear every time you'd go go in there, you would see the dude with this freaking blow up pool size bowl of rice, and he's just mixing. Oh yeah, you don't cilantro see and everything. You know, I've never and you never see him mixing rice. They have it like pre made underneath in the back or something. Yeah, it's got to be like Uncle Ben's rice now. Gosh, there is a. Um, they're harder to put up probably because they're everywhere, but holy shit, there's an opportunity with Chipotle if you could invest in a franchise and and literally be like, this one is is going to rock every time people yeah. come in here. Dude, they'll all come there. Yeah. People would, will know because everyone knows how bad it is. It's terrible. COVID might have fucked them up. It's terrible. I don't know what, what I don't know what fucked them up, but they're fucked up. They're fucked <laughs> I don't know what fucked them up, but I can tell you one thing. They're fucked up. They are. Well, that was good. That little burrito rant for the kickoff. Pisses me off because Chipotle was not to keep going back into it, but yeah, there, was, there was a point in my life where Chipotle was my, like I would, I could eat it three to four times a week and, and love it every every time. Yeah, and one another the one. Same da- get the same damn thing every time too. Same damn thing. So good. So good. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I may have had it twice in a day before, but good God, good God is right. Well, we're back with another episode of Goose Chasing, brought to you by Tag and Brag and Tag and Brag Productions. We are also brought to you by Tag and Brag Apparel. Check out our latest apparel. We got some hoodies up on the website. And uh, Tag and Brag Land Management, if you want to get on the books, hit us up via email off of our website, tagandbrag.co, and we'll get you on the books for next year. We got some spicy things in the pipeline. I also want to send a shout-out to uh, our boy Kyle McCullough. I call him Kyle Savage because he is a savage. He uh, sent us some new apparel from his apparel company called the simple life y'all check that out as well simple life.com it's all about just all about living the dream simple life that's all we want to do is pretty much go hunt eat kiss and sleep good every once in a while i think (laughs) (laughs) but uh anyway yeah, we got bucks on camera. It's exciting. This past couple days has been exciting. Exciting. Yes, um, they're definitely uh, they're definitely popping up. I haven't seen any uh, warthogs yet, as we like to call them. But uh, definitely, no. There's some. There's yeah. There's some nice deer popping up in in New York. They're just coming up. We're trying to figure out who some of them are. Yep. And uh, you know, some of the some of them may be 
new or they're just young, so you can't recognize them. But it is just, it's insane to me how good, how strong our genetics are. I don't know if it's just our immediate area, if it's like our county in New York. Our genetics are so good up there. Yeah, you get some young deer that are just like, whoa. They're all like, they're all 10 points. At least most of them are. So many 10 point genetics. A lot of tall brows. A lot of tall brows and and a lot of extra points. I mean, yeah. We well, had we've had bucks pop up last night. Don't know who they are, but extra points coming off a of G two, G three. It's just and and you can tell they're not old. They're not old deer. So it, it's your beans, bro. <laughs> but it just it's Dean's beans. You guys it, want land land consultation? This is the spot. You hear it? Definitely the new. Yeah, the nutrition is definitely the nutrition, the lack of well, we're trying to help them with their we're trying to make life less stressful for them. It's definitely not that stressful for them up there. Uh, honestly, and the, even with the tough winters which seem to be getting less harsh, although I say that and we'll have a a doozy of one, but it just seems like out of the last 10 years there's I don't know. We still get a deep freeze for a month or two. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We just haven't had the crazy snows, but yeah, we got some good deer. It's just, if you, if people could be not people, if they could just live an extra year or two, they really, if they could get to four or five years old, which is very rare up there. Um, it's, they, they express serious potential serious potential no people don't even understand i mean it's they get to two years old and you're chomping at the bit and then you're like okay we gotta let them go one more year and that's only three and a half they're not old yet they're not old yet yeah well yeah and it's funny that like you know a handful of years ago we were just like just just you know and this is our camp you know we're we're stressing to dad and uncle jay and anybody that hunts even you know the neighbors around us the ones that are are willing to participate it's like just let the two and a halfers go you know just let them get to three and a half let them start to express what they can express um and now it's like the three and a halfers are off limits and that may sound like a little juvenile to you know the gurus out there whatever but it's like you got to this everything's a process you're not yeah. this isn't like a blink of an eye thing where it's like oh yeah i just want to have four or five six-year-old bucks roaming my property all the time it's this is a generational thing and gen, like that means that you have to bring it up through the generations of of deer so a lot of times like the bucks that popped up on camera last night a couple of them we don't recognize i guarantee you you know dean sent me a picture at like 11 30 last night He's like, is this a big deer or am I just nuts? And it, I mean, he's, he is a big frame deer. He's a little spindly and we don't recognize him. I guarantee you he's a three-year-old. Like start looking at the two-year-olds from last year. And I guarantee you one of them will, 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 will all of a sudden will be like, oh, that's him. Because if you get a, if you get a buck that all of a sudden pops up in your area and that he's, and he's pretty present, he's pretty like in that area a lot more than likely and you don't recognize him more than likely it's a three-year-old just start studying his body is his neck still pretty thin you know ours is his front shoulders outweighing his ass end yet like he it's you start paying attention to his body and stuff like that and even though his rack and his frame may be big like I would almost guarantee if you don't recognize him and he's that local of a deer especially this time of year He's probably a three-year-old. Yep. He just blossomed into partial potential of what he's going to be, but he's expressing a lot more of what he is going to be than he did as a two-year-old. And you're just like, oh my gosh, my pants. And and the, the hardest thing for us was still, it still is because we still don't have, it's not like we have five year old deer running around everywhere. It's still, you're still battling the, New York, not only New York's regulations, but everyone hunting around you. So it can only like, you can do everything you want on your land, but the deer don't have boundaries. They still go everywhere else. They still get shot and everyone still hunts, you know, their own way, which is 
respect that. But you can't just do what we do on our property and like, boom, you get 100% results. It doesn't happen like that. But for a couple of years, all we had was two-year-old deer on the property. So you see the nice ones, you see the nice racked two-year-olds and you're like, well, I got to have a deer to hunt. So like you're chomping at the bit for one and you realize, well, sometimes you got to take a couple of years and just let that property go, let them, let these deer grow. And then once you start getting at least four-year-old deer on your property, you can start targeting them. And then you start, you stop looking at the two and three-year-olds, like hoping, wanting, wishing, like look mature. Um, you know, you just, you yeah. stop, look, you stop, you stop deciding on them. You don't even really look at them. You see them and you just kind of enjoy their presence and let them go. And it changes the hunting because now you're focused on that four-year-old and you're going to just, those two-year-olds, at least on your property, they're going to just, you're going to let them walk. And well, honestly, it, it happens with, with surrounding properties too, because if there's more four-year-olds around, a lot of people are getting more selective with their hunting. They're going to start targeting those deer too. And the younger ones well, get, and, uh, get let go. And the reality is that deer now is smart enough to, you know, uh, in all probability survive most situations. Yeah. So that's obviously part of it too, but um, yeah, I fucking lost my train of thought there. Damn it. Damn it. I had something good to say too. Fuck. <laughs> it's a bummer anyway um i mean it's cool though seeing the progress up there because we've killed multiple five-year-olds multiple years in a row now um you're starting to see more mature deer up there and new york is still one of the top five states like per square mile with the most hunters in it yeah countrywide so to be able to do it there I mean, it's obviously a challenge in itself, but to be able to have success with the land management and deer management strategies that we've kind of put in place is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It's good shit. And we still, like, the funny thing is, I was thinking about this yesterday, the success we have is still such a small percentage of of the bucks that make it like we there's so many two-year-old deer that have insane genetics that get shot every year oh every year yeah. every year Still. like we're literally like that's going to be a booner in two years and they get shot so and we and you know no one even sees that kind of stuff so it's just right. a very, it's a very small amount of nice deer that make it and you know we're able to uh you're able to hunt them but well and the other thing too like you know people are seeing deer on their trail cameras right now or they're or like bucks of interest or deer that they're maybe not as interested in or they're getting frustrated because they're not getting any pictures like you can't make your season plan right now like no. you can't you can't live and die by the pictures that you're getting right now they can excite you you can have a deer on camera that you're like okay I'd like to, you know, hopefully he sticks around and I can hunt him a little bit this fall. But you can't make like end all be all decisions like, oh, I'm going to kill this deer. And especially you can't do that if you you only get like one, maybe two pictures of him here and there. Like if he's not local right now, I got a news for you. He ain't get, he's probably not going to be local come October. Like you may have him passing through again. You may need to be on your toes, but he's probably not going to be just like local then either so i, I don't know like you just what do you mean you if gotta, he's what do you mean if he's local if he's not local now well like if you're getting one or two pictures of him right now and you're banking on hunting that deer i don't know oh okay i got what you're saying like you, even if you're getting consistent pictures of him right now it's not indicative of that like that he's going to no. be in your area no you know, 
maybe if you're a not good chance pictures, he's not going to be maybe, maybe if he's if you're not getting pictures it's it's better but i'm just saying i guess the like just to get a picture of a deer and be like this is the deer i'm hunting my season's going to be de- dedicated to this deer and that's pretty much it like you just you got to just you know calm it down a little bit um from that oh. aspect at least in my opinion I, it's for me it's that's burnt me out like focusing on one specific deer especially this early and actually already start getting like anxiety and worrying about where he's going to be and how you're going to hunt him right now it's it's still july like that why are you starting to create that anxiety already just enjoy what you're seeing and hope that he's sticking around towards the end of september or whenever the season's starting yeah like a a few of our spots here in ohio the deer we know we want to hunt we i we have no idea where they're at at the moment and we've we've tried to look for them in the summertime can't find them but we also know there's a great chance they will be where we want them to be in october but we're not even thinking about them right now we just kind of wait until they show up but to the point there's there's probably a spot where those deer are on trail camera right now and people are like getting all excited about them and those they're going to be gone because they obviously move and they come to where we hunt and there's some deer that will get on trail camera right now that will literally be gone in October. They go somewhere else. So it's a lot of crisscrossing going on, but yeah, you can't, you can't get too stressed about everything right now. I mean, even yesterday I was down in uh property we hunt down in uh we, we call it Southern Ohio, but it's mainly, it's basically Eastern Ohio. Um, they, I was kind of getting antsy when I was down there. I'm like, man, I got to get trail cameras out down there and I got to get them over here. And it's a big property. And then I'm like, well, you really don't because if, especially if you have like a mineral or something out, I, you're going to, you don't need to see the deer every day. You just need to see him around. You just want to see if there's deer around. Yep. Um, and honestly, and you, you could get more, you could honestly do more harm than good. If you're walking around that property and you're like, man, I got I, you know, I haven't seen anything over here. Let me go over here and see if I see anything. If you're a hundred yards, 200 yards from another camera, like you can't go searching for a buck right now. No. And oh. I mean, you just, you have to read the camera too. If, if, if you're getting photos of them two, three, four in the morning, like, I'm sorry. There's a good chance that he's just not like living that close. I mean, it could be close and he's just a buck that has the personality that he's not going to move around as much, but he's probably not like sanctioned right there. If you're getting pictures of him, like in the morning in daylight or in the evening, right you know, before it gets dark, but in daylight, then you can start like thinking a little bit like, okay, this deer has to be laying somewhat he's, close. He's living on the property. Or right. he's, he's living close. Close, yeah. Cl- close enough to where you can start looking at a map and being like, okay, he came from this direction. What's what's over here? You know, or he's going in this direction. What what could he be going to? Like what food source is he is he going to or what field is he trying to get to? Then you can start thinking about it. But you just like just because you get a picture, one picture at like 345 in the morning of a giant buck that like to me anyway, and just, this is just from experience. It means nothing. It's cool that you got the picture, but in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't mean much. Really doesn't. So take that. So take that ass clown. But how was how was that down there yesterday? Down oh, it's, the damn oh, hill. Oh, it's thick. Yeah, I bet. They it's took cows thick. off that property, so yeah. The, it's making a huge difference. It's it's everything is super thick now because the, it's crazy how much there were only there's two sides of the property, both are fenced in for or were fenced in for cattle and they're 
it's crazy how much thicker the property is getting without there was only maybe a dozen cows on the on the 80 or 90 acres on the one main side that we hunt and it's it's you know all those trails cattle trails they're all closed up well and think about it the hillsides they get so thick but those cattle would just go right through everything right through them they go up so, and down this friggin' mountain right through and, the cover and this deer were still there at that point yeah but now with without those cattle like they cohabitated they, they gotta be loving those hillsides now yeah they're not it's just they i don't think that I don't think it really, really bothered the deer, but yeah, when you got a stampede of cows coming through the bedding area, I'm sure the deer get up and they're, they kind of are like, oh, we don't want to be bothered by these things or, right. I don't they're think they really bother each other, but they, they eat the same stuff relatively, right. sure. you know? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it was, it's crazy. There's like, there's pasture up on top of this property that was literally, I mean, the grass would be six to eight inches tall when we would go down there because the cows have it grazed down, and it is. Well, and they hate it. Yeah, it's like it's a bedding area now. It's it's basically at your head level. The grass, like you could, there could be deer laying in it, and you could walk up within ten feet of them, and they could jump up. Yeah. So, definitely the hill. Definitely changing the property. Literally every time we we get in the car truck after leaving the property you're just like you're beating sweat and you're like this property kicks my ass yeah it, it is will. part of part ass. of what makes us love it i don't know but it's 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 hill country ohio but it's it's more i can't just some parts of hill country are obviously the hills are are massive but they're sloping and stuff this this portion of ohio is like it's steep deep unforgiving terrain i mean shit the deer that you pat that we got a couple years ago the one that fired everybody up um that fucker we literally we quartered him skinned him quartered him and packed him out like a damn mule deer yeah and there was no other there was no other option. With I mean, two of us, there was no other option. No, you're not. You cannot drag him. The access on the property is from the top, the very top, and it's so secluded and down below. There's no road access. There's no, you know, there's no like brush hog trails. There's nothing like that. There's literally no option to get to the top besides i mean you're not you're not dragging a deer up this hill it's 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 hard to walk up it and there's very few yeah there's very few spots you can get a four-wheeler i mean the one far right side you can get a four-wheeler down remember remember uh gosh (laughs) a couple years ago when we did uncle jay dean and i all met down there for like three days before rut week well it was i guess it was part of our rut week my dad was out of town i think so instead of going up to New York right away, we were like, well, let's go get a couple of days in down in Southern Ohio. And it was insane. I guess the, the reason I brought it up was the last day we, we sat all day in the pouring rain, literally all day in the pouring rain. And we were coming out on the four wheeler and we got that fucker stuck going up the hill. Remember? Yeah. It and it's like it, half an hour to get past that one slope. I mean, this is the three of us on a on a Yamaha Rhino. Like that thing shouldn't be getting stuck. This this is how intense the terrain is on this property. And, we it's, not, and it's not even like you're not even getting like stuck in like you're you're bottomed out. It's just You're not going up anymore. It's so slopey. <laughs> and once it rains, it's like a it's like a heavy clay dirt down there and when it gets wet it's it's literally like a slip and slide yeah so trying to go uphill you know we had to we had to like literally take a bunch of stuff out of the the rhino to get you know you kind of get up and down these benches so you go up a steep part and then it flattens out a little bit and then you got to go up another it was insane insane but that was a hilarious trip (laughs) we i don't know it was a hilarious trip we 
decided, and part part of this was for fun, that we were going to hang three stands in one tree and just sit it sit it in all day. Um, well, because we never really deer hunted it prior to this. We, yeah, we, this was like you and I turkey hunted it a, a handful of times, and we yeah. had obviously we we shed hunted it, we scouted, we have cameras out there for a handful of years prior too, but. Yeah, we, we didn't, didn't really know what to expect. So we were like, fuck it. We're going to sit all day regardless. We might as well all be sitting together. <laughs> Take turns shooting. I actually, I don't know. I think I had shot a buck in North Dakota already. And I, I didn't have my bow. I was just filming. But you and Uncle Jay both had bows. And we called it, well, we were, we literally, we hung a set of sticks, stand, go up one more level, a stand. I was in the middle. Uncle Jay was on the lower one. I was in the middle. And then you go up over one more level. And I think you were actually, there was another tree that was right next to it. And we hung that tree or your stand on that tree. Yeah. But it was, we were, it was, there was three of us right next to each other <laughs> hanging out. We called it a tree sum. The tree some tree it will forever be known but it this tree is massive and it was in a perfect spot number one it was just a blast sitting there all day with the three of us we were being very goofy but it's is we were yeah it was awesome but the tree was like it wasn't like ridiculously looking where you were like you're never going to shoot a deer like we had deer come right underneath us and they had no idea dude the first well we so we get down there the afternoon we kind of walked around a little bit scouted around we hung we hung the tree some hung and bung and then i think we got out of there and we just like scouted the area a little bit that evening and then the next day we came back packed full bags full cameras sandwiches arrows everything we needed and we were sitting all day and we yeah. did and dude, we saw, we had to have seen what we, I'm trying to think. We saw like, like literally 13 bucks that day. Yeah. It was literally like a buck and, a, and it was all spaced out. It was like, like buck every hour. It was like November 3rd or 4th. I mean, we timed it perfect. We had one, we were sitting probably like 30, 35 yards from one like main big ass scrape. And these bucks just came, kept coming through and they would come from all different directions, but eventually they got to that scrape and they, they would check the scrape literally all day long, all day long. And there was one buck that we were getting pictures of that had like a massive eight point side. And then on the other side, he was just like a point, like one little spike, or maybe it was a split. I can't remember, but it, he was, he had a messed up rack, but he was the biggest he was, least, the, he was the owner of the property. Yeah. <laughs> we call them <laughs> We call them Murphy. Birch Murphy. Murphy Lee. No, we yeah, Murphy Lee. That's what it was. Yeah. Murphy Lee. <laughs> we call them we call them Murphy Lee. And that was kind of the buck that we were after. And he was pretty regular. But there was a couple other ones that were that were decent that were you know, cruising through there that, you know, we had uncle Jay with us. So the cool part of this property is it's because the whole center of the main whole part of the property is all it's bet. It's where they come to bed, Yeah. but you, you get very few pictures of deer in the dark. It's so weird. It's all daylight movement. Like yep. it's in, it's so crazy to have a property that's like that but even right now it you, is. we don't get you don't get dark pictures there's no pictures in the dark they're it's all somewhere. in daylight yeah you're right you're right and and when you go down to hunt this property it hunts the exact same way like there are deer moving all day they don't there's no like it gets it's slow during the middle of the day and they you know you got to wait till first light last light like they are in there all day they probably it's probably because they move out of there or whatever at night yeah and go do their thing but it's just a hot zone all day i mean it was it was crazy it was like every 45 minutes you'd hear 
And the the first day we were out there, it was a perfect, cool, so, like intermittent sun, clouds, whatever. Um, but you could hear stuff walking from miles away, oh and you're God. down. You, so you're down quiet in this, down in there. You're down in this valley, so it's so damn quiet down there. I mean, you could hear stuff walking on the other side. Like it was just, it was so cool to be sitting there with all three of us. Never, literally, twelve hours up in the stand never got bored not not even for a minute we're telling stories we're cutting up we're just we're having a great time and you could you could do a little bit of that because you could hear so i'm so far so well and oh my gosh it was like every half hour 45 minutes hour whatever all of a sudden you'd hear something else and on the other hillside you'd you know? hear them for like 10 minutes and then you'd be like where are these deer where are the deer and yeah. then you'd finally see them and you'd be like oh my god they're all the way over there still right you know you give a couple grunts we'd have a we could call the couple bucks in here and there whatever well we're literally i mean like dean said it's so steep we're literally sitting on the side of this hill so like off my side of the stand which i don't know how i drew the friggin' short straw but it literally felt like a hundred foot drop off down to the creek <laughs> but off of dean's side or like the left uncle jay was kind of facing parallel with the hillside, but off of his left side going up the hill, you could go 20, 30 yards up the hill and you're eye level. Like, you know, you're standing at eye level from us in the tree stand. Yeah. So the the terrain was like just off both sides of the stand was was crazy. And that was if we ever got like picked off or pegged, it was from the hillside yeah Side, you know there was tough, nothing tough part of hunting that, that I mean, yeah unless you're hunting way up on top you you know it's gonna happen dude and it just the, the whole day we're sitting there you almost knew it was gonna happen because we kept seeing so many bucks there was just deer on their feet all day long all day long and and once again we're we're 30 yards from this scrape most of them came at some point came within bow range yeah so we're just we're just sitting there waiting for something to happen. You know, we like we just yeah, I mean, we felt strongly that we were gonna get a shot. And we did. We I don't sure even remember did. I don't even remember what time it was, but it was like it was like four or four thirty. It was it was late afternoon. Murphy Murphy Lee decided to show himself. I think he was with a doe. He had to have been breeding her. They were just very calm. They were calm, but she above us didn't. We didn't think they would come from above us, and they came down from above us. And yeah, they come trickling off the hillside. Yeah, they, she he had to have been breeding her because they were just real slow, methodical, just and he was just stupid, kind of. Yeah, he was just like in no man's land, which they probably are down there a lot. Like they don't see a lot of humans. I right. mean, it's just going back to the lack of noise and stuff we're you're nowhere near uh asphalt road let alone uh let alone yeah you're you're nowhere near a highway i mean that just you can't hear cars you can't hear anything besides a couple like coal mines or whatever they are you can hear some machinery like way in the distance but it was even down there yesterday i was like man it is insane how how quiet mysteriously quiet it is down here um, but yeah, he came down and it, again, this property is so thick on the, up the high side of us. There were so many trees and like cover that he's coming through kind of, they're working their way down to us and you know, they just, they get to a point. Well, the doe, the doe pegged us. Yeah. The doe pegged us. I think Remember, she, she was snorting and shit and he and, didn't even. He, he had no idea. He's like, I don't care what you're doing. Yeah, you can snort all you want, honey. I'm just gonna. I think she on. eventually they they got to a point where. I mean, obviously, we just hung the stand. We're not, you know, we didn't trim lanes and do all this stuff. Right. We, maybe a couple broken branches we did just to clear stuff out. But he got to like 25 yards, and Uncle Jay was had the ball like he was he was gonna shoot and like couldn't get a shot he was just behind a whole bunch of stuff if i remember i gotta change the battery if i remember correctly the dope yeah, came he, out into a lane 
dude, the doe came out. She was, she was 20 yards. And I remember like she's 20 yards and he's like 10 or 15 yards behind her going to come down into the same lane, but she's literally 20 yards and she is looking like right at us. Like she is like, there they are. There they are. That's an awful lot of humans in one tree. (laughs) Yeah. I've never seen anything like this before. (laughs) And she is stomping and she, she was snorting like periodically she would snort. I mean, we were still, I'm surprised that she, with, with how her demeanor was, I'm surprised that she was giving it as much time as she was. But I mean, that's one of the reasons why we love the vendor camo too, because you do, you go invisible and we weren't moving. She knew we were objects up there. She probably could see the cameras, two friggin' bows like smell the peanut butter sandwich. I don't know, but she like, she didn't, she she didn't sense the danger to the point where she was just like blow and see you later. She just didn't do it. And and they're just not used to like, there's no hunting pressure on that property. So yeah, she just wasn't expecting it. Dude, he came, she, she went through the lane and he came down like almost nose into the lane And I remember he just like, he was just milling around like with no care in the world. And then he turned and just walked, started walking like straight away. No shot right in the middle of the lane, but no shot, no shot. And he got to like 40 yards quick, very quick. And then he was behind shit again. And we're like, and at this point now she's kind of taking him over the crest of a hill, like away from us. And we're like, this went on, mind you, for a solid 40 minutes yeah. easily. Like we saw them up on the hill. We saw that it was a buck and a doe at first. Couldn't tell what buck it was. Glass and glass. And all of a sudden, Dean's like, it's a good buck. Then Dean's like, it's Murphy Lee. And we're like, holy shit. Like, and and I, we're figuring there's no way they're coming down here. Because the doe had something pegged. Maybe she went, smelled something or whatever from up on top of the hill. But they ended up coming down. Yep. Yeah, but he, uh, they drifted up the hill. I don't even remember what the yardage was, but finally they, he got into an opening. Wide and he, open. And it had to be 55, 60 yards. Wide and open. He was just up. standing there and he was, he was kind of just milling around, but he was literally, there was nothing in the way. And he, mind you, he's literally above our head. Like yeah. he's, he's above us now. So, and Uncle Jay's like, he wants to shoot. You could tell. He's like, I'm, I'm, he's like, should I shoot? Should I shoot? Should I shoot? Like, he's I calm. Shoot. I want, and he had been practicing, um, you know, long distance. It's a big deer. And it was, it was like, our, I mean, we were kind of just like, well, if you want to shoot, if you're comfortable, shoot. So, yeah, he drew his bow back. And I just remember he launched that arrow <laughs> and it seemed high off the riser. It you know, was. <laughs> and I don't know if that deer flinched. He didn't. And it, that arrow, it just sailed right over his back. And I just remember that green, I think it was a green knock. Just It was green. Freaking that loop all the way up there and just right over his back. And then they bounded like 20 yards. He had, the deer didn't know what the hell happened. Dude, there was a, there was, <laughs> there was a, he was standing in front of a massive, massive oak tree. Fucking huge. Like. Literally, it was as wide as he was. It was like almost like a backstop. <laughs> and literally, that arrow went sailing up the hill, boom, like a green <laughs> laser, just boom, and all of a sudden, and that thing, dude, that thing probably hit the tree. It probably hit the tree a foot and a half over this thing's back, and he didn't even flinch. The only reason that he, I think, got spooked is because the arrow hit the tree over. Yeah, scared, yeah. Dude, that arrow center punched that oak tree. Like, literally could not have been more center of that that oak tree. Did we go up there and get it? uh, I think we did. It might have been the next morning. Maybe. I can't remember. But Yeah, because it was probably lit up all night. Oh, my gosh. And that deer, he, he literally bounded. There was, like, another little, like, crest of the hill that he bounded over and we could still see him like a hundred, 120 yards away. And he was just chilling there. 
And he was just like looking around like, what happened? What the hell was that? And I know Uncle Jay was beside himself, dude. Yeah, he was not not happy. But that was, I mean, that's a long shot. And, you know. I think he was just not happy with how hard he missed that thing. (laughs) Well, it's good. If you're going to miss, miss hard. You know, you don't want to (laughs) freaking scam him or freaking wound him somehow. Very true. But shooting uphill like that is is tough i mean you're not used to doing that well and it's it's a different yard i mean theoretically i think if he was gonna miss he it should have been lower than yeah but yeah i don't know it's just crazy like you yeah he was up there it was definitely well above our elevation yeah it was like one of those you know the total archery challenge shoots when they're way uphill and you're like Uncle Jay thought he needed to aim high, and he aimed higher. <laughs> put this thing, yeah, put it like a foot over his back. It's like that's exactly where you hit. That thing went sailing, dude. Boop. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine if we would have connected on that deer after all, after sitting all day and three people in the tree and all that stuff? What a time! He might have done one of those twenty-yard loops and start crashing down the hill and he would have just landed right by the base of the tree dude he, he would i mean there's there's really only one way to go but down when you're on that property we've and learned this thankfully i mean we had the rhino so we were we i remember we were driving the rhino down and around down into the ravine and then we were coming back up to our spot because our spot was only like 80 100 yards from the bottom yeah and it's so just we, so hard to access. The side of the hill is so thick. It's yeah, yeah. You can't just like walk down it. Well, when you shot your buck, we were coming from the from the top side. Yeah, and we, we have like a going. little. We're actually using an old cattle trail that they kind of carved through the right. thicket. But yeah, that was fun. I mean, three three people in a tree. Like, how do you beat that? Yeah, I mean, blast. It was it was fun enough where it needs to happen again. It needs to happen again for sure. I mean, it like that's a th- that's one of those things where it's like that's to me like that's what hunting is all about. You know, we could have been selfish in the regard of oh, we're all gonna go. We got a tag. Up, we got a tag. Up, yeah, set up our own stands, and we're all gonna just be sitting by ourselves, self filming all day. And I mean, there was a, fun too. But there's a certain aspect to that. Yeah, that that would have been fun, and it would have been cool to learn a little bit more. But we were down there for two days, and. It was like, hey, let's if we're gonna experience something, let's experience something together. And we yeah, did. and if that would have we did, that was an insane hunt. And if he would have connected, like it was a ridiculous memory, one way or the oh other. Oh my god! Like, oh, remember when we killed that buck with we, three of us in a tree? Us, just yeah. unreal. Yeah, you can't can't beat I mean, that. So, well, and then the next day, literally the next day, it rained all day. We oh. had not only did we have all of us, all of our camera equipment two bows up in the tree but we had two or three of those tree umbrellas <laughs> that were that look really up. ridiculous yeah i mean we literally it, who knows what it looked like from the ground but we still saw even still saw some deer that day and uh we didn't connect on anything but, but yeah, we, we definitely got washed out a little bit but we might have to we might have to redo the tree some yeah we might have to figure out how we can redo that for sure. That was because that was a blast. That was a blast. We might have to do it in New York or somewhere else too. Yeah, 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 we might. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we might. You never know. You never know. Shit. We're like, we're like a, only four Wednesdays or so from the season. What? Hold on. Let me look at this. Let me look at this. So we got today, tomorrow. What? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, six. six. So, so six Wednesdays. I got a little excited. Six Wednesdays before the season starts. Officially kicks. Wow. Wow. I've been shooting. That phase four is unreal. Yeah, I'm excited to get mine set up. Oh my god, dude, that bow is just insane. That is a smooth, smooth shooter. Dude, I was shooting yesterday. 
I'm just getting my sight tape all figured out, whatever. So I'm guessing the yardage is at like 50 and 60 yards. Mind you, I've had to have, I've had to have shot 50 arrows at this point and I'm shooting at 60 yards and I've got this tennis ball size orange, uh, like sticker on the, on the, um, target. So it's just the contrast helps me at that distance, especially when you're sighting in, you know, just like heavy, heavy contrast. But I don't want it to be like too big where my pin is floating within it. Like I want something that I I need, you know, the pin is going to cover that that spot. And dude, I mean, it was it was insane. Like I was shooting a couple inches high first. I, you know, just bumped my sight up a little bit came down and I mean if four arrows weren't like at least touching that that tennis ball at 60 after all those shots I mean I was tired yeah man it's a good feeling when your equipment is just dialed and you're you're confident because that's such a major thing like huge people don't give that enough credit you could you could put your trail cameras up you could find the deer. You could think you're in his wheelhouse and all that stuff. But when he steps out, your ability to control your heart rate and to control yourself in order to execute a good shot is everything. It's everything. It is. So your the confidence in your equipment is everything, is absolutely everything, not only shooting enough to be confident in it but like the stuff that you're shooting the arrows the rest the release your sight how your peep sight is set up like the size of your peep sight all of that's like it's all part of it for sure and yeah that confidence when you're like locked in locked in that confidence is uh it's fun to go in the woods with because you're just at this it's like being it's like Playing baseball, and I use this reference because we grew up playing baseball. But like when you were, when you were hitting the ball good, it was like just fucking throw something anywhere close to the strike zone, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a ride somewhere. Yeah, that's what it is. And when you're feeling that confident and locked in with your equipment, with your especially with your bow, you're just like, yo, fucking step out, give me a shot. One of these lanes, just poke out into and let me let one risk send it just, just let me send it it's a good feeling that is a good feeling love it it's the ultimate wait. that's the ultimate one you gotta have that confidence i can't wait gotta have that confidence i can't wait i really can't i'm so excited for the season i just i don't know this it seems like every year it just gets a little more and more we're focused on different things, so you're not obsessing about like the little minor details that you don't really need to you don't really need to obsess about. But yeah, the drive is just the fire never blows out. Sometimes arguably Jeez, it gets worse. Jeez. Arguably it gets worse. It does. It does. It sure does. It sure does. It sure does. What else? What do you got going on the rest of the week? A lot of work, and uh, I got to start prepping the fall food plots. Got oh, work, shit, yeah. Got our work cut out for us here in the next week because um, it's just going to be all rain-dependent, and, uh, yeah, we have a lot of little plots to put in, so. Well, and I'll be up and literally a week a week from today, I think I'm gonna be leaving on Wednesday afternoon to just try and get up there so we got we got the time, but that'll be cool. Get up to camp. Hell yeah. Get get some stands set, get whatever else of the food plots done. Hopefully just get it into a good um get the property to like a good manageable area where you you know, you're yep. like pull the fences and Caught some paths here and there, and let's go, LFG baby, LFG. Yeah, for good. sure. Bring the podcast shit up. Record a re- record a cast in camp. Yeah. 
with Nipsey in the background, Neil. Oh, yeah. Godfather's Fanny. Oh, Bucks yeah. in the kitchen. Bucks oh, yeah. in the kitchen. Gotta make that one happen. I made it happen. Wow. Well, that was good. Good combos. Murphy Lee, Chipotle socks. <laughs> Sling Sparrows. <laughs> oh, shit. That was good stuff. That was good stuff. Yeah, I got a bunch of editing to do so I can get caught up for next week so that we're, we got some time to focus on the land. and uh, Check some stuff off the list. Check it, check it. Make a list, check it twice. Get your shit done and get on out. Get in and get out. Mm -hmm. You got it. By the way, did you find any of that North Dakota stuff I was asking you about? Footage. Nope. I, to be honest, I didn't look. Forgot about it. Well, here's your healthy reminder, you son of a bitch. I'll look post-podcast. Post-podcast look. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for joining again this week. We hope you guys are getting ready for the season, having a good time, shooting your bow, just getting tuned up and dialed in, that confidence. Get it. Get it for yourself. Get it for your loins. Get it for the loins. My goodness. The loins. And uh, as always, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you right back here next Wednesday. Hump day, baby. Let's go. Looking forward to it. It'll be one week closer to the season. Yeah. Let's go. LFG, y'all have a fantastic weekend. And, uh, hey, get out there and goose chase something. Goose chasing, we love you. See ya.